You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Today we're going to be talking about a guy that knew a lot about the desert and about sand. And it's, that's Moses. Moses spent about 40 years out in the desert with a bunch of sheep. And then he spent 40 more years out in the desert with a bunch of disobedient sheep, okay? If you need or want notes on today's sermon, um, I'm kind of proud of this. This boy over here did a good job on this. I appreciate it. Um, There's a bunch of them out front if you want to get one. Marty let me know earlier in the week that he was feeling poorly and that he might not be able to be here. Thought he might have the flu and... Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But anyway, um, he kind of gave me a heads up, so I started praying and studying. And um, I landed on Exodus chapter 3. If anybody wants one of these, just throw your little paw up and somebody hand you one, okay? Um, Home Alone reference, in case you don't know. But anyway, um, he let me know that um, he may be out today. So anyway, I started praying and studying, and I landed on chapter 3 and 4 of Exodus, and I said, okay, I said either to myself or to God, if this, you know, if Marty calls me or texts me about preaching today, then this is where I will be. So that's where we are, okay? Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. Not all of chapter 4, but um, about half of it. We We have a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of things going on, and we could spend a lot of time on each part. But I just want to try to give you an overview and uh, get to the main point. And I'll tell you the main point in a few minutes. But today we're going to look at um, five excuses and three signs. That's basically basically the sermon. Five excuses and three signs. Uh, Moses had been out in the desert. He had been herding sheep, leading sheep. And he came to a mountain. For some reason or another, he was uh, getting close to the mountain. And there was a burning bush there. You all know the story of the burning bush. Well, that's not where we're going to camp out, even though it would be a nice place to camp out. We're just going to zip on through that. But I'm going to read and share with you uh, just a few verses before we pray. Now Moses, verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he, had, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. Horeb was a mountain the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from from within the bush. Moses saw that that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. That would be a sight, wouldn't it? So Moses thought, I will go over and, and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him, from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, I'm right here. Did you know what he said? No, that's what I would have said. Moses said, here I am. I'm, I'm listening. That would get your attention out of a bush. Here I am. And God said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, 
because he was afraid to look at God. Let's pray together. And Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. And we pray that as we share together that you would lead us and guide us and that you would speak to our hearts and help us to understand those things that you have for us today. Thank you for writing them down in, in your book and preserving them for us and for this time. Lead us and guide us. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we see Moses um, talking to a bush. Now you see people talking to themselves, right? Well, Moses was talking to a bush. But God was talking to him out of that bush. And then in verse 7, here's what the Lord said. And this, there's, a, there's a sermon just in these couple of next verses. But you just have to get that on your own, okay? The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and the rest of those guys. So, that'll save us a minute or two right there, won't it? So Moses, God let Moses know that he was concerned about his people. And, and the point of that, all of that right there would be this. If I was preaching a sermon just on those verses, it would be God is concerned for our situation. We all have our own stuff to deal with. But God is interested in everyone's stuff, whatever it may be. And every one of us could probably stand up and just share together Share with one another something that you were going through or something that's just a burden. You know, we live in this world, so we have burdens. But but God goes on to say to Moses, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are pressing them. So now, now right here, this next verse, this, this is a big verse right here. If you have a Bible and you want to mark that, this is a good one. This is the whole mission of Moses that God was calling him to in this one sentence. This is what God said to Moses. So now, not tomorrow, not next week, not a month from now. So now, go. Leave your sheep, get up and go. Now, go. I am sending you, God is sending him to Pharaoh, and he's got a purpose. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That was Moses' whole mission. Now let me give you all just a, a little bit of the conclusion of this sermon right now. Moses had a mission. God gave him something to do. Now, God gives each and every one of us something to do. And what, like we're going to see in just a minute, Moses had five excuses why, why he shouldn't do that or why he couldn't do it. And we have probably 25 excuses when God asks us to do something. And just, just as God made it plain to Moses, this is what I want you to do, God has some things for us to do that are plain to us, and we know it. And we just make excuses, just like Moses. But I want to encourage you and, and challenge you to just go ahead and do what God wants to start with, and you'll save yourself 40 years of wandering in the desert 
on a horse with no name. Okay? So here, here we start the excuses. Excuse number one. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? So often, when God asks us to do something, we feel like we just can't do it. Who, who am I? Um, and, and a lot of times, at the end of that, we would say, Oh, I'm just this, or I'm just that, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really not important, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not, I don't dedicate it enough, or just, I'll, we can just, over and over and over, we can come up with excuses. I, I just can't do it. And Moses felt that way. He felt insignificant, or that he couldn't do it. God said, and he said, who am I? Who am I? But God had an answer for that. With with every excuse we may throw at God, He has one to come back. He has an answer. Okay? And here's the answer. God said, I will be with you. Right there, that should be enough, shouldn't it? I will be with you. Listen, you and God can do anything. Think about that. You and God can do anything. Whatever He wants you to do. You don't have to wait on somebody else. Well, you don't have to wait on anybody else. I'll get to that later. But he said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So God just let Moses know the, the whole plan. Moses, I'm going to be with you, and, and you'll know that I'm with you because I'm going to bring you and these people back to this mountain. You're going to come back to this very same spot and worship me. Moses, he just said, who am I? Right? Excuse number two. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I, what shall I tell them? I don't know if Moses was just stalling or scared to death or what. But he just said, well, who are you, God? Who, what what name or am I going to tell them sent me? Who sent me? So it, it sounds like he's just saying he don't know who God is, but he's kind of stalling. It's another excuse. And God has an answer for it. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God always lives. I am who I am. And God said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. The Israelites knew who Abraham was and who Isaac was and who Jacob was. They had They were really big on passing down their history and their inheritance or or their um well i can't think of the word but they passed on the stories of the families so they knew about abraham and isaac and jacob they knew that jacob had went down into egypt and had raised his family there and after a while they ended up becoming slaves they were down there for about 400 years so they knew this god the god of abraham isaac and jacob this is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation to generation. And then he, God explains a few things to Moses here 
on, on excuse number two, he explains a few things to them, to Moses, about how things are going to go when he, when he talks to the Israelites. He said, Go, assemble the elders of Israel, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. They, I know that those folks in Egypt, those slaves, felt like that they were just all on their own. But look right, did you see what God said here? He said, I have watched over you. So God was watching over them and with them the whole time they were suffering. You know, sometimes when we go through something, we feel like, well, where's God? If, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I pray. I read my Bible every now and then. I mean, where's God? He's watching over you all the time. All the time. I watch over, uh, have watched over you and have seen down in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery. There's that word misery again. Misery and suffering and oppression. Misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanite. I can't really say those words sometimes. Into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Persians, Hivites, and Jebusites. How's that? A land flowing with milk and honey. I would like to live there, wouldn't you? I like milk. I drink milk all the time. If we get down to, this has nothing to do with it, does it? If we get down to the last gallon of milk, see, most people buy one gallon of milk at a time. Mm -mm. We buy three or four gallons at a time, okay? Because we don't want to have to run back to the store the next day. I like milk. But could you imagine a land where there's just plenty? That's what it's talking about. And I like honey, too. Any of y'all like honey? On a biscuit? A little butter? Right? Good stuff. But, but God had promised them this land flowing with the milk and honey. So it was like a picture. A picture of just, just plenty. So that's, that's what the picture was. And, and he was going to give them that land of all these uh, Canaanites. And he said, uh, the elders of Israel will listen to you. God is reassuring Moses. Moses, they will listen to you. Now that's important when we come to excuse number three. They will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and to say to him. This is the scary part. The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. A three-day journey. Now, Pharaoh is not stupid. He has built all these great things there in Egypt with slaves. He had to have a little bit of sense. So when they go to talk to him and say, hey, you know, we just want to go out here in the desert about three days out and we're going to worship our God. He's met with us. We're going to go out here and worship him and uh, it'll be all right. And the idea was we'll, we'll be right back, you know. If you ever, well, sometimes people will tell you that, right? If you've ever tried to sell anything on Craigslist or anywhere, you know that people will lie to you. Right? To say, I'll be right there. We'll be right back. Um, here's my favorite. i got to talk to my wife. <laughs> Bless him, Lord. It's all over with then, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, 
three days. We're just going to go out here three days and we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to worship our God and everything will be okay. But I know that the king of Egypt, see, the key, he tells, tells Moses right up front, but I know the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. And some of you guys know the story. A mighty hand, a mighty hand does compel Pharaoh. He said, a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. After that. So it's, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long, hard fought battle. And he said, God goes on and explains to Moses, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people. This, this right, I don't have time to go into a whole lot of this. This is really cool right here. Watch this. He said, I will make the Egyptians, I will make you, make them, I'm going to start over. I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward you. That means he's going to make the Egyptians like the slaves, the Hebrews. He said, so that when you have, when, so that when you have, have, I'm just messing up, when you leave, you will not go empty handed. So that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house, in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. That plunder, that we don't use that word plunder much anymore, do we? But that's a pretty cool word. You all are going to plunder the Egyptians. In other words, all of your children, from how if they can put on clothes or hold anything, all of your children are going to come out of Egypt with silver and gold and clothes, not not rags, now now fancy clothes. The Egyptians didn't do anything halfway. You've seen pictures, you've read stories. I mean, they they had gold, silver, all kinds of stuff. So Moses, when you all leave. You're going to be filthy rich. Isn't that something? You're going to plunder these Egyptians. They're just going to give it to you. They just, Here you go. Take it with you. Now that, that, that's really, that's pretty cool right there. The word plunder. Alright, so now, excuse number three. You ready? Excuse number three. But chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, what if they will not believe me or listen to me? And say, the Lord did not appear to you. What am I going to say about that? Then the Lord said, what is that in your hand? So Moses was saying, all right. You know, I've been gone for 40 years. A lot of these people don't even remember me at all. And they're not going to, they're not going to listen to me. What, what am I going to say to convince them? And, we feel the same way if, if we want to invite somebody to a small group or invite somebody to church services, um, talk to someone about maybe some stuff they're going through. We we think automatically, well, they're not going to listen to me. Now this this might you got you got your hard toe boots on, steel toes. This might hurt a little bit. They're not going to listen to me because they heard heard me blow up there today, right? They heard me haul off and cuss the other day. What? Christians? Yeah. Christians are people too. We're just forgiven. 
but you can't use that excuse. Okay? We're forgiven. If you mess up in front of somebody, you need to confess up in front of somebody. Okay? If you haul off and get mad and cuss in front of somebody or, or just throw a fit, then we need to make that right in front of that person too. But anyway, Moses said, I, Moses didn't say this, but guys, you all knew that Moses had killed somebody, right? I mean, Moses had killed one of the Egyptians 40 years ago and buried him, trying to hide it. So I'm, there, there was probably a person or two still around that knew about that. So Moses, I don't, I don't know what all his reasoning was, but for some reason, Moses just felt that these people wouldn't listen to him. And now we use the same excuse. Right? They won't listen to me. So, here's where the three signs comes in. Moses said, uh, or God said to Moses, Moses, what's that you have in your hand? And I wanted to get a, a more realistic staff or shepherd's crook or whatever you want to call it. But this is, this is the best I can do on short notice. Pretend that this is made out of probably wood and about a foot, two feet higher maybe. So it was a shepherd's staff. And God said, Moses, what's that in your hand? He said, just a staff. Just, just a stick, a little rod. And God said to Moses, Moses, throw it down. And so Moses throws it down. It's held together, I'm glad of that. It's two pieces, by the way, if you didn't know. But he threw it down over there. Now, so far, me and Moses is on the same page, right? And then God says to Moses, Moses, oh, wait a minute. You know what happened, don't you? That's a snake now. A slithering. It'd have to be a rattlesnake if it was in Granger County. I hate rattlesnakes. But anyway, a rattlesnake laying there. It may have been a desert rattler. I don't know if they had rattlers in the desert. But whatever it was, it was a... It's the same size as that staff, so it's probably a six-footer. Have you ever seen a six-foot rattlesnake? I don't know. I've, I've seen some four or five, but I've never seen a six-foot six one. But anyway, that scared me to death. So Moses, pick it up. What do he do? The Bible says that he ran the other way. <laughs> He's not plumb stupid, right? He ran the other way. Look at this. He said, Moses, he threw it on the ground and it became a snake, and he ran from it. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. I don't know. I'd want to get something and knock it in the head, wouldn't you? Not the tail. So Moses, I mean, he was, <laughs> he was in it this far. He might as well go on, right? So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into the staff in his hand. So he reached out and Stay with me now. There's a snake down here. It's going every which way. How would you do it? Would you just grab it? What would you, I don't, I'd probably grab it and start slinging it like a lasso. But he grabbed it and it just instantly turned back into his staff. Well, that's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, that's pretty cool. So, then the Lord said, this is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So that's that's why you're going to do this. This this is going to be a sign to them, so that they will believe that I have sent you. Lord, they won't believe me. They will not believe me. What what if they what if they bring up my past? What am I going to do? That's the first sign. The second sign. 
The Lord said to Moses, put your hand in your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak. I don't have a cloak on, but pretend that, pretend this is my cloak. Put your hand in your cloak or your coat. And so Moses put his hand in there and he said, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous and it became as white as snow. So pretend my hand is whiter than what it is. <laughs> That's pretty white, ain't it? But it was, it was diseased white. Have you ever seen diseased white? Some of you guys have. So just imagine diseased white. Now this is just Moses and God talking right now. But this is going to be the sign. So Moses took that out of there and there it was leprous. What am I going to do? I can't go back over into Egypt with leprosy. They'd kill me off before I got there. Now put it back in your cloak. So Moses put his hand back in his cloak. And when he had, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh, just as healthy as can be. As healthy as can be. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Wouldn't you like just kind of been around just watching these things? It's pretty cool. But we have them written down and we can use our imagination and see these things. Or you can watch the movie. Okay? All right. Then the Lord said, sign number three. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to you with this first sign, the staff or the snake, and the se or they don't believe the second sign, the leprous hand being healed. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water. I didn't bring any water, by the way. Yeah, I've got some water here. Take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the Nile, from the river, will become blood on the ground. Now, that would be pretty cool too, wouldn't it? Could you imagine that, just taking some water? No, I'm not going to pour it out. I'm just going to get a little drink, okay? But taking out some water, maybe, I would, I would guess maybe a gallon of water. I don't know. Maybe a gallon of water and just pouring it. And as that water mixed with the sand, it was red. It became blood. That'd be, that'd be a, a pretty good, pretty good sign, wouldn't it? So that's the third sign. They, they won't believe me, but here's, here's some signs you can do, Moses. So Moses is going to share these signs with the people of Israel to show them that God was with him and that God was leading him there. Now, I, I can't imagine people not believing that someone wanted to help them be free, right? Jesus did, though. So we've got three excuses and three signs. Now look at, let's look at number four, the fourth excuse. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since, nor since you have spoken to me, to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. A lot of folks say that, that Moses stuttered. I don't know. I don't know if he stuttered all of his life, but I guarantee he stuttered when he picked the snake up. Right? I would have. But he said, Moses said to the Lord, Lord, you know that I'm not eloquent. I mean, I use, I don't, I don't know what I, Moses said. I'm kind of, I'm kind of guessing, but I use small words. Lord, I don't, I can't talk. I can't put sentences together nicely and help people to understand all the, all everything. And, 
I, I, I don't do poetry and I, I don't sing. Uh, I'm slow to speech. Sounds like Moses was a good old Granger County boy, right? Slow to speech. I, I talk slow. I am one. I'm not picking on anybody. Slow to speech. I can't talk. Now, Moses probably thinks, well, with this, with this excuse here, God's got to listen to me because he, know, he knows I can't talk. He knows I'm not eloquent. But God has an answer for him. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes the blind, makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So once again, God repeats the mission. Go, I'll be with you, and I'll help you know what to say. So God is taking away all the excuses. He takes away all of our excuses too. And then, excuse number five. Excuse number four and five are kind of kinda, kinda um, related. Excuse number five, and this, this is probably the one that most of us would use. But Moses said, pardon your servant. Lord, please send someone else. Send someone else. Now, I don't know if Moses was still feeling inadequate or if Moses was feeling afraid. But no matter what it was, Moses said, Lord, just send somebody else. Please send somebody else. Now, if that would have been me making excuses, I would have been saying, Lord, I ain't going to do it. Right? That's what I, that, I use that one sometimes. It just don't matter. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Does people sometimes ask you to do something to serve or to help? And you may not say it to their face, but you're really saying, I just don't want to do that. I ain't going to do it. And I, I say that sometimes. I say to myself, and I've, had, I've said it out loud a few times, I just don't want to do that. Now, never say never. You, you can never, you can, but it won't work. You, you, you should never say never, never say to God, listen, me stutter. Something like Moses, don't it? You should never say to God, I am not going to do that. Okay? Because God has a way of getting His will done through us, around us, with us, without us. It just don't matter. If God wants to do something, He's going to do it. Now, wouldn't it be better if God is asking you to help that you get in on that? And, and have a part in just seeing it done. I don't know what it is, but just seeing it done. God, just get somebody else. They would, do, they would do a better job. They're more qualified. They can talk better. All these things. But God says, hey, I want you to do this. Whatever it may be. And so that was Moses' fifth excuse. Let's see what God said to Moses in this excuse. Send somebody else. And then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, Now, I want you guys to know that God was patient for four excuses and three signs. He was very, very patient with Moses. Wouldn't you say he was patient? 
I would have lost patience after the first two excuses. I said, man, listen here, boy. Right? Let's get going. But, but God was very patient with him. And God explained things to Moses. But here at the fifth excuse, God was, was angry, with, angry with Moses. And he said, what about your brother? <laughs> Moses thinking, I ain't seen my brother in 40 years. How do you know I've got a brother? What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. <laughs> Isn't that just like God? Just knowing everything about us and taking away our excuses. Hey, your brother can talk. I've heard that boy talk. Right? He can talk. He is already on his way to meet you. God knows what we need before we even ask. He's on his way to meet you. And he will be glad to see you. Family reunion right there in that desert. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. And I will help both of you speak. And I will teach you what to do. You see, God is not going to tell us to do something. And then just see how we figure it out. He's going to. He's going to help us. He's going to give us what we need to do what he wants us to do. And he's going to help us each step of the way. Not only because he knows that we're just flesh and that we're weak and we're going to squirm and complain. But he knows that, I mean, he wants to help. God don't want us to, to do something halfway or not be able to do what he asks us to do. He's going to help us to do it. So he says, I will help both of you guys. And teach both of you what to do. He will speak to you. He will speak to the people for you. I'm going to let Aaron talk to the people. This is just a side note. After Moses and Aaron go over to Egypt and start talking. After a while, Moses is the one taking the lead. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Aaron, Aaron was talking for him at first. But after a while, uh, Moses was able to do that. But anyway, they were they were partners like Tiger Wood and his daddy. Okay, so anyway, he I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Let me read some more verses here. Get my mind right. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He he will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. So you're going you're to tell Aaron what I would have him to know. But take this staff, this one over here. Take this staff in your hand so you can perform signs with it. So that's where I want to end that. Now, if you guys want to read on and see what happens with Jethro, we goes back and talk to his daddy-in-law and... He gets his wife, Zipporah, and his, and his one son, and uh, they head back to Egypt. So, uh, so Moses obeys God. Moses um, has all the excuses, but he does obey God. But I, wanna just, I just want to wrap it up this way. God has something for all of us to do. He has, it may be, it may be something big or it may be something small, at least in our eyes. But if God wants us to do something, none of it's small stuff. Okay, it's all important. But 
God may be uh, calling you to do something extra. Or he may be calling someone to to meet with him for the first time. Maybe um, maybe you've never accepted Christ. And so the challenge there is, hey, you know, I know this is kind of scary. And I know that you're not perfect. But I can change that. I can I can save you where you are. So a lot of people, you know, they use excuses not to be saved. But all, through all the excuses that we may give or someone else, God is patient with us. I mean, look, he's been around forever, right? He's got patience. So God is patient with Moses. And he is patient with us. Okay? He, he's going he's gonna to bring us around sooner or later. But he's patient with us. And he's going to wait until, until we're willing. And then, I want you to know that God does not mind us asking him questions. I mean, Moses asked God a bunch of questions, right? One of them was, Lord, what if, what if they don't listen? They're not going to listen to me. What, what am I going to do? And God patiently answered him. Every question that Moses had, hey, this is how it's going to be. This, this is how it'll happen. And he showed him how it would happen. So, so God, he, he welcomes our questions. We don't understand. Now, sometimes we just have to go ahead and say, Lord, I know you want me to do this, and I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do this. So whatever it may be. And each step of the way, God promised that he was going to guide Moses. Hey, Moses. I'll, I'll help you know what to say. I'll help you know what to speak, how to act. And I'm going to send your brother to help you. So I'm going to guide you all the way through. And if, if you all know the story on down the road, when they get out of Egypt and all the way back over into Canaan, when they're wandering around, he leads them and guides them with, with the um, pillar of fire by night and the cloud in the day. He leads them, guides them. So if God wants us to do something, He's going to guide us. He's going to, he's, he is going to help us. He's going to provide everything that we need. Not everything that we want, but everything that we need. Okay? So, th- I don't know if you've ever heard this little line before or not, but I've, I've heard it a lot. Where God guides, God provides. Just a little, little rhyme, I guess. But that is so true. Where God guides, God provides. So whatever God may be asking of us this morning, you know what the answer is? Yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you that you help us to understand that you lead us and you guide us and you help us. And Lord, I pray that if there's one among us or listening that don't know you as Savior, I pray that today would be that day. Lord, just help help that person just to say to you, here I am, Lord. Save me and use me. Whatever that looks like. God, for that person that's here or listening that is just struggling with a decision. Maybe there's something they know they need to do. 
And Lord, if it's something I need to do, help each one of us just to be willing to go and to do whatever that may be, whatever that may look like. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he did for us on the cross. Lead us and guide us at this time. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.